0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SUPEX is a two day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over a 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Ben Terrasoli. He's the founder and CEO at Propella Electric Bikes. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I, I think. What you're doing is is really cool and innovative, and you know I think I I love having people on the show that are actually doing this kind of stuff, and especially building kind of a physical product. Um, so yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be on your show. Yeah. So maybe let's start off with kind of getting to know you a little bit better, and start off with where you grew up.
1: Sure. I was born in Tehran, Iran, actually.
0: Okay. I.
1: Moved to the United States around age of fourteen. Although I should mention, I was it wasn't my first time coming to the U.S. Uh, my dad is a doctor, um, and he was always affiliated with you know research at different hospitals. And um, coming to you, visiting U.S. was really a routine. Okay. And it was really around 2002 that um, uh, we decided to finally move to the U.S. And it was uh, when I started high school, high school here in Bellevue, Washington. Okay. And ever since I've been here, so I guess I sort of grew up in, in the U.S. for the most part. Uh, but before that,
0: I was overseas. Sure, no, that, that's great.
1: Yeah, and really it was sort of starting fresh, starting something completely new at around age of 14. And I had a lot of goals, a lot of ambition on uh, what to do with my life when I came to the US. I was very excited. And uh, after finishing high school, I attended University of Washington. OK, what
0: did you take there? I studied civil and environmental engineering. OK, and what made you want to take engineering?
1: Engineering was always um, something in me. I was really born with it. and. I always knew from a very young age that something technical uh, in the area of engineering was uh, really the way to go for me. Um, I was I had a pretty mixed interest in uh, different engineering disciplines. Um, I was you know, debating between mechanical engineering and civil or aeronautics and decided to go with civil engineering and, and focus on structural engineering. Okay. And, and to be honest, uh, a lot of you know close friends from childhood and family members were actually a little bit shocked that I did that. They always thought I was more of this you know mechanical engineer guy, and that I guess kind of explains how I'm working on this electric bike and product. Mechanical engineering would logically make more sense, and I did in fact get into mechanical engineering and civil engineering. But I was you know um, interested by. Uh, the focus of structural engineering you know, within civil engineering and how it was very well-defined. And uh, and it was a good mixture of engineering and, I should mention, arts. Sure. And one thing I didn't mention, um, I mean, I can go um, in a long conversation about my other interests and how it led to Propella. But sure? as a side note, I mean engineering wasn't the only thing I was interested in obviously I had a great passion for you know design and art and music as a very young age okay interesting yeah and uh, to me um, working with buildings you know civil engineering and buildings was a mixture of art and science um, you know and my interest in architecture and uh, engineering could kind of blend into that that was really one reason I went into civil engineering and then there's other reasons uh, uh you know uh, when you're in a big university you kind of have to make decision really fast and there's not a whole lot of time to uh, go back and forth Right. So Finish that and and that was around 2011 when I graduated and uh, as you can tell not the best time economically you sure grad- and so that, that, I got my bachelor's in civil engineering and applied to jobs uh, around the you know, Seattle area. Uh, it was not easy to uh, find a position that I studied for. Okay. What what happened was I encountered this job at a tunnel project in Seattle. It's called the uh, Bertha Tunnel. It's one okay. of the largest tunnels in, in the country or the world, I believe. And it was, to be honest, not exactly what I studied for but I, go, I went ahead and took the job because the economy was not so great and ended up working there as a, a, a my position was you know a, a sort of a technician slash engineer and we had to go out and install instruments and measure things and and I did that for a while for about 1 year and really decided that it was not what I wanted to do in the long term so I was, that's when I kind of started having uh, thoughts about starting something that I'm passionate about, starting my own business, and really going into something that I can be myself and put in my creativity and all my
0: interests into. And that's uh, is sort of how Propella got started. Okay, so what made you decide to start um, an electric bike company?
1: Electric bike was really a perfect a platform for me to, um, apply my interest in. Okay. I feel like, and it wasn't when I first heard about it. It wasn't something that was completely new because you know at the end of the day, when you look at the big picture, it's a bike with electric system on it. It's not like this whole new invention. It it, it makes sense. You know, a battery and a motor is something that's been out there, and so I didn't get that feeling where this is something I've never seen before. But the feeling that I had was more entrepreneurial. And it's something that I felt like I want to be part of. I okay. want to be part of the game. And it was around the same time, around the same time, you know, just after graduating from college, uh, you know, during the recessions, uh, that I kind of encountered these YouTube videos about electric bikes and electric bike review products, and it, I kind of felt that it was emerging industry. And as i mentioned having an interest in you know engineering mechanical electrical and all of that plus i should mention i was always into bikes as a kid i was not you know a hardcore cyclist a pro cyclist but always had many bikes mountain bikes road bikes as a kid playing around the house neighborhood so being passionate about bikes engineering that was really the best uh, blend of things for me i could really never um, stop learning about it. I kept researching it, Googling things, uh, and that's when I found out that I had this natural <laughs> desire to find out more, study the motor, study the batteries. Um, and again, uh, it goes a lot back to my history and interest. Um, I didn't mention that, you know, as a kid, I was always playing around with my toys and breaking them and building new things out of them. So I just naturally had this pretty good, above-average knowledge of electrical engineering okay a lot of people ask me how they said you know how do you you didn't study electrical engineering and how do you know about voltage and amp power and and how does this come so naturally to you i to answer that question it was really because of my curiosity as a child um, and my interest in science in general Uh, you know i was always playing around with transformers and motors and uh, things like that so it just clicked you know when i that's awesome electric bikes. It just clicked and it was so natural. You know, people always say, follow your passion. It's very true, but there's more to it. It was more like there's this platform that I, that's new, but I already know so much about it. Like I didn't have to research so much about how the motor works. I already knew that it was more about how the market works, how this business side works. So that's what got me interested in it. And I should mention that I, to be honest, did not have a whole lot of uh, intention about starting my own business. Okay. I was not afraid of it or not trying to stay away from it, but it was not my priority. It was not my priority to study business or get an MBA. Uh, I was more focused on sciences and then the product and the physical side of uh, the product. Um, so I was interested in the market um, when I discovered about it. And, and again, it, it was sort of this transition period in my life, you know, just graduating after college, um, trying to, you know, find out exactly what you want to do, who you are, who you want to be. And uh, it was, I think it happened at a very interesting time that it just, uh, I felt really connected with electric bikes. And that's when I started to actually build my own uh, electric
0: bike. Okay, so you, were you still working then um, full-time while you started building your own bike? Yes. Okay,
1: And this was actually during that um, job that I mentioned for the tunnel project in Seattle. Right. I believe it was around 2012. I had a full-time job, and at the end of the job I was looking forward to come back uh, home or go to my parents' garage to see the progress on my electric bike. It was literally buying an electric bike kit from other sources, a few from China, a few from here, and installing it on my own bike. That was really the, the first, even before a prototype, and it was before thinking about starting a business. And I always had in the back of my mind, you know, reading books, and I had this entrepreneurial side, I was learning more about it, but I was so fresh to the whole world of entrepreneurship that that I feel like it was a good thing to be so focused on product and the the main picture rather than making money out of this. So I was just in my own world and figuring out electric bikes. Like what is this? How does this motor work? I I've never felt an, an acceleration on a bike before and I wanted to try it. And and I should mention that I did go to a store in Seattle to to actually get a feel of what an electric bike is. And I guess that was the spark. Okay. I went there tried one of these electric bikes I was already out there. I mean, we all know Propella is not the first electric bike. Sure. But but I had a lot of thoughts in my head. So I went there and I tried it. And, again, during the same time period, you know, with the 2011 and 12. And I tried and I, I just felt uh, just had this, you know, aha moment that, you know, just an acceleration on a bike, it was sort of like a Tesla of bikes. And I just started getting all these ideas of how this amazing this thing is. It helps me on hills. Uh, you can have all these technology in it, like a battery. And and I just tried it, and I just went back to my parents' garage and started building this electric kit on my uh, road bike.
0: And that's just and that's that's the first
1: one started, yeah. And that's when I officially had an electric bike for myself, testing it
0: around and things like that. Sure. So... For people that don't understand kind of what an electric bike gives you compared to, you know, just like a regular bike, do you want to maybe just kind of cover that quickly?
1: Sure, absolutely. A, a point of an electric bike is to assist you, help you on hills or long commutes. Okay. Because uh, biking, we all know is, especially when it's used for commuting, it's not the easiest. Sure. Path. It can be hard. Biking can be hard, especially when you hit hills. You, and you, when you look at, look at it from the physics point of view, when, you, when you're climbing hills, you're burning a lot more calories, like exponentially more, because of the simply because of you know gravity pulling you back. So, I like that's really, really where where the need comes from. It's purely to help you on hills. And with electric bikes, you have a lot of options on how to use it and when to use it. You can use the electric assist. Um, with pedaling or without pedaling. Okay, but that's really uh, the main point of it. It's an electric assist motor installed on a bicycle.
0: Got you. Okay, no, that makes total sense. So, you you built you turned your road bike into an electric bike. You were mm-hmm. you were playing around with it for a while. Right. Then what happened? You were like, this. I could build a better one. Like, walk me through kind of the next step. What happened? Sure.
1: Yeah, and that's where things got a little interesting for me because I didn't exactly have the intention of um, building my bike uh, to sell to sell it commercially, but I just wanted to experiment. And the electric bike kit, you know, the components, the motor that I purchased, uh, were so bad, were okay. so low quality that it did not meet my standards at all. From purely from a technical point of view, and let's not even talk about. How the design and the way it looks, and all. even just from sure her, uh, engineering point of view, it was breaking down. And I even paid a lot of, you know, I paid over a thousand dollars for um, just the kit.
0: Okay, and wow. I'm
1: not mentioning any names or what the brand is or anything. Sure. But it was breaking down. It was so heavy. It added twenty pounds, fifty wow. to twenty, pounds to my bike, and. Uh, it, it was great being able to pedal and go fast and climb hills and that part of it I like the concept of electric bike and I saw a lot of potential in it However, I there was a lot of things that I didn't like about it And I just uh, felt like why should a customer or a person like be sacrificed in so many things in order to gain one thing That's not really, you know value propos- proposition. That's there's something wrong there um, so still focusing on the technical side and engineering side Really, it was the weight, the extra weight, and the complexity okay. uh, that bothered me. It almost made me, I don't want to say quit, but just forget about electric bikes.
0: You know, really? That, wow. No, I, I love that, though, right? Like That anger,
1: yeah. It sort of made things interesting. And totally. That I had to call their customer service, and they weren't able to do anything. And I remember it was complicated. It was actually high tech. I should mention the electric bike kit that I had was pretty high tech and it was able to connect to your phone. But as you can imagine, sometimes it didn't connect, sometimes it did, (laughs) all these malfunctions. Um, And that's when I um, decided to not just purchase one, purchase a bike, electric bike or electric bike kit, but to create one. Okay. of something that met my standards, or at least some of my standards. And, you know, being a being an engineer and being involved with the world of engineering, I knew that it was more than just sketching things on paper and just dreaming about it. I knew it would take money. It would take steps. So, obviously, even up until today, I'll be honest, I, I still have this desire to create the best electric bike out there and a lot of work to do. But at least I could get closer to what sure. I wanted.
0: That's great. And
1: like i mentioned it was one was lightweight the other was uh, simplicity something that made my standards and i should kind of change gears a lot of it to the other side of my i should say personality okay and bring a few extra elements to the story and that is you know like i mentioned my interest in music uh, and design and uh, arts um, i was always you know, having had this blend of interest as a kid, as I mentioned, and, you know, having a, for example, one of the, uh, I have a lot of respect and, and interest in Apple products. Sure. And, and products out there that are not just engineering, but a whole package experience. Right. I value things like, you know, Dyson products and sure. and, and Tesla. It may sound a little cliche. I mean, they are great uh, products out there everybody knows about it, but there's a reason why they're great because totally. of their Full package experience. Yeah, and I, you know one of those customers that buys an Apple product and Appreciates at every moment. You know, I look at the details. I you know, I for example I've never had an iPhone case okay. I'll have my iPhone without any case and people ask me you're you're crazy You need to have a case to protect it and I tell them, you know They spend a lot of hours of money designing all these little details and not, not only your phone is engineered to, uh, you know, take impact when you <clears throat> drop it on a floor or anything, but it's, it's the little details that design, and it's just fits your hand perfectly, and you should appreciate that. <laughs> sure. So, no, I get like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, that comes with a sacrifice. Yes, you could drop your phone and break it. But uh, really having the eye for uh, detail and having high standards and design... I also wanted to bring that in to my electric bike, so not only a good performing bike, a lightweight, simple, but also aesthetically pleasing.
0: Sure, because I like to be fair. Um, at least the electric bikes that I've seen, they're kind of ugly, for lack of a better term, really. Yeah. Right? Like exactly. Yeah. So I, I get that.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Um. And that's the other element, actually. That's why I wanted to change gears because aesthetics uh, was always in my mind. You know, sure. Any products and like I mentioned I'm a musician I've always uh, you know been producing and mixing and my tracks and electronic music playing around with piano sure I've never had a career in music but I've always hand my hands on musical instruments listen to music all the time so art is always in my head <laughs> so sure. I guess you say that you know the right right brain left brain thing that people talk about always mixing the two so That's that was great. my priority to create this full package Uh, and not not to mention not just a product but a brand sure i remember i was spending uh, days finding the right name for Propella. okay so you know it just it just clicked when i so how did you
0: come up with it then that's a very common question and sure
1: it's to be honest i there was no methodology no procedure that i followed i i do remember this period that uh, i was searching and just writing things down and one thing i remember was um, when propella came it just clicked
0: it okay it, it makes sense logically do you remember exactly the moment that it came to you or, or not really i don't really i on an paper
1: and it's funny when you look at my paper there's all these names and then the last one is propella and then there's an the exclamation mark and really
0: you know. <laughs> that's great man i love those stories though right it's just the last
1: one and it's just boom, there's sure. a cloud next to it. Um, it did come from a little bit of logic, you know, a propeller sure. or something that propels you. I believe that's how it came to me and I did appreciate the fact that it was very um, uh, rare in Google. I sure. Mean, you, you find, you know, what's your first step when you have a name? You kind of want to do a Google search. Totally. Of course, it's a lot more involved. <laughs> right now, we have a trademark on it and everything. but. It was. I was glad that it wasn't a whole lot of things called Propella out there, and it was this unique name that made sense for our bike. And I was really excited to move forward with it. And it also kind of um, explained what the brand is about. You know, it, it does have a logical side, propelling you. Sure. But it also has this illogical side, where it's just that, that A at the end. just kind of gives it that artistic touch, that poetic one that's kind of pleasing to say you know propella.
0: so totally yeah it's interesting now that you like explain the whole vision and kind of story behind it like I I love the design of the bike and I I love kind of the, the black and then the bright colors and I and then you're right like it totally the name fits kind of your personality where you're kind of obviously like the engineering kind of side and then the creative side and even you can tell there's like a music influence in the design, you know, if, if, if that's a thing, right. But like, to me, at least I can, I, like, I've kind of been a musician, my, my life, my whole life too. So I get, I get the inspiration there, right. Like from all those angles. And I love how you basically put everything that you're passionate about into a physical product.
1: Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really happy that you, you like the design and it it clicks because uh, when I hear that from customers or product reviewers or uh, interviews like yourself, that uh, uh, really, um, it's a really rewarding. Feeling. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's like you're communicating indirectly, and it just works. It clicks. Uh, and, and early on, when I was deciding on the branding, personality, the identity, and things like that, I knew it was a risk. I knew it was all in my head. Sure. But you have this wall in between you, and that wall is you know the product that you're creating, the brand, and then your audience Uh, so a a few months later or right after the campaign or I should say right now um, when I hear that it's really warning I get this feeling that it's working totally it's it's still a lot of work to do but it's it's connect there's a connection there
0: I I think there's not that many products that you can just look at and know the brand right away right like obviously Apple does that and you know there's cars and stuff that do that but like If you take all the products in the spectrum, there's not that many that if you just look at it right away, you're like, that's that brand for sure. I know that, right? And I think you captured.
1: It's great to hear that. And that is one of my uh, priorities, you know, with Propeller, That's great. The product is important, but the brand to give the brand a very solid identity. Sure. And and that way it just drives the direction. Which is extremely
0: hard to do these days
1: very hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> very like, difficult it's almost like having you know having a child and and you have to um, dictate what his or her personality should be but do you want to do that you know, there's also the society which is the environment or i should say the customer so it's a blend of the external world and the internal world uh, but you as a parent as a father or mother you know you you have some hopes. Sure. You really want to have things to go in a certain direction, but it's very hard. Like you said, it's back-and-forth process. You have to test the market, come back, reiterate. And I, I'll, I'll mention, it's I have very um, certain uh, bullet points on what I want to accomplish with Propella, sure. but still working on it. There's still a, a research on what we want to be. Some things are still blurry. You're still discovering yourself. And I think it's uh, it's great to be transparent. It's great to say I love that. Yeah, I'm still growing. I'm still figuring out who I am, and just like myself in in my you know in my mid twenties. Sure. Still exploring things out there, and right now I'm happy to have a platform, this brand, to be able to put in my personality, and of course my team, and also a blend of customers' personality. So it's, it's it's a platform that's just starting and growing, and very excited about it.
0: Sure. No, so I'm curious. Then, you you obviously we kind of covered. You bought a bunch of parts. You put together a bike. You ordered some more parts, mm-hmm. and then at, walk me through kind of the first prototype of of a propella.
1: Sure. Yeah, I was um, uh, in the bike world. Uh, I'm a very big fan of uh, a type of bicycle called a fixie. Okay. A lot of people are already familiar with it, or some are not. A fixie uh, is, it literally has fixed gear. Like, you, you know, the sure. crank is fixed with the rear wheel gear. So as you turn the pedal, the rear wheel spins with the same, not the same rotation, but it's there's no free wheel. It's so simple. The idea comes from simplicity. Um, that's the type of bike that's been around for a while and it really... It's very lightweight and the most minimal bike you can get out there. And it doesn't even have brakes. It's so minimal that the way you brake is literally you pedal backwards. Because it's fixed, you don't have the free wheel to spin. You're able to slow down or literally lock the wheel with your legs. Of course, a fixie is an extreme version. It's too extreme on simplicity. A little bit more mellow version of that is a single-speed bike. So you have the front gear and the rear wheel. You don't have gears in the back. To change, and I was just fascinated by single-speed bikes. I've had purchased a few from uh, different brands out there, and and I decided to. So I love the simplicity of it, It lightweight, and the way. Also, at least to me, simplicity brings beauty. You know, maybe that's not true for other people, but when I see a single speed bike, it's not trying so hard to be beautiful, but it is. It's just so simple. Sure. So it's just two wheels, and especially when you, you know mix them with these deep dish rims, a colorful rims and a matte black frame, and you can get a pretty beautiful bike. Totally. And so I decided to create the electric version of that, actually. Okay, interesting. That's when the marketing comes in. So I knew that I wanted to have my own electric bike, uh, and I, I was pretty, I had a pretty good vision on what the technical side is. And that wasn't the hard part, actually. You know, I, I knew I wanted a small motor and a small battery to make it minimal and lightweight. Yeah. But on the marketing side and the way it looks, and the audience, and, who, and things get a little complicated there. So I decided to focus on a fixie style or a single speed electric bike. And that sort of clicked too, because I thought, Wait a minute. A single-speed bike has, you know, one disadvantage. It's single-speed. It doesn't have gears, so you may have trouble climbing hills. Sure. Uh, uh, but there's still a lot of riders, even in San Francisco, with these extreme hills. Totally. These are the you know, true die-hard fixie fans and single-speed fans. They are willing to sacrifice
0: <laughs>
1: these <laughs> hills because of the simplicity of their bike. You know, it's very reliable. Sure. It doesn't break down a lightweight. I thought, you know, ha- having this minimal electric uh, assist on a single speed bike is kind of interesting, at least to me personally. So I, um, that's when I had this uh, philosophy, you know, the minimalism. That's where minimalism came in and wanted to create this minimalist electric bike. And this, uh, so when you have, you know, again, having a passion for brands, successful brands, and uh, what comes to your mind is philosophy sure. you have to have a philosophy and you have to say no to a few things you have to have rules at least that's what I was learning from all these books and my interests and just observing great brand so I decided to put a philosophy on top of the page and that is minimalism so in order to work on any part of the design or I should say any part of the business I had to somehow go back to the philosophy and ask, is this the right thing to do or not? You know, Interesting. So, so when it comes to, you could, you know, got different departments in the sure. department of aesthetics or uh, industrial design and the way bike looks. So we can't just uh, throw in a few things and call it an electric bike. So with the minimalism approach, I had to look for a very minimal electric bike kit, a very minimal motor, battery, and, uh, Computer system, a controller. By the way, when it comes to electric bikes, it's really it comes down to three components. It's pretty simple okay. when you look at the big picture. Is the motor obviously sure. something that you know propels you? The battery where we charge and stores the energy. Sure. And controller. The controller is the third component that's not talked about a lot, but it's really the electronics, the computer that regulate the voltage and Measure things because it's not as simple as you know just a motor and a battery. It has to be some, so that's really what it comes down to. So I had to look for these components from different suppliers that were not standard actually, okay. and that's what is that. Um, every supplier I searched with, you know, some on uh, Alibaba, some on local, and they all had these gigantic motors and batteries that was well established in the market. And it's funny that the battery that I wanted was so minimal and small that made them think that I was looking for this weird electric bike. And they they laughed at it. They said, all these customers are asking for more power and more <laughs> battery capacity, and you're asking for less. And that's why I had a hard time finding <laughs> what I wanted to get for my bike. And eventually I had to custom order one. <laughs> okay. I had to uh, put in my more money. Finally, get it from overseas, and finally, there it is in the package. There's this small um, battery and a small motor that I was waiting for for months. Sure. And I have to be so specific with, even though it was the first prototype, I was very picky with how, the color. I wanted to be matte black. Sure. I gave my supplier a lot of
0: headache. Did you they, go over there and meet them, or or you just did this all kind of remote? All kind of remote. Okay, all, interesting.
1: Yeah. And you know with my tough schedule it was tough. It would have been easy, I'll be honest to go there and meet them. but I didn't see the need for it you okay know, just the prototype. And, and if things were going in the right direction I was able to find that first prototype. And then so I had this bike that was a single speed bike. Of course I wanted I kind of custom ordered that one too. I wanted matte black rims, matte black frame, everything nice and clean and then when the uh, the electrical components arrived, that was just a very special day. I sure. just go to the garage and and I just have to fast forward, I guess. Days of you know running into problems. The spokes didn't match the length of the motor. I you know oh, you, wow. spokes that attach the rim to the motor. I just realized, well, I have to recalculate the length. I literally had to like draw these diagrams and figure out this new length. And then I did that. I cut them. It doesn't work. I have to take it to a bike shop. A lot of hustling and hard work, trial and I, error. It sounds like. Oh yeah, it was difficult, and I took it to a few bike shops, and they they looked at this and they said, "What is this? We don't know how to. We've never had this motor. All these parts that I wanted was really hard to find. But eventually, I believe after two, three weeks, it's there. The electric components are connected to this battery, and it just that's. And then I fix things and I assemble, and I step back. And I look at it, and I haven't even tried it yet. And I get this feeling that it's that whole package experience.
0: Okay, that's, interesting.
1: That's, that's, that's awesome. A logo. Prel logo on the battery and the frame as things kind of glue together. And then at that point, I didn't even care so much about how it would feel and the, the motor noise and the, the power. I just felt like this is it. This is what I want to do. Interesting.
0: To yeah. Okay, first prototype yeah so were you still working at this point or had you quit your job by then
1: no not by then um, all, all of the story had been working okay self-funding sure and uh, this was all uh, full-time employment that was very doable it was challenging obviously but um, it didn't it wasn't that demanding uh, sure before running a campaign it was more like you know a hobby go to the go to parents garage whenever you have time i did have a schedule but it wasn't that strict it was more of you're you're more in the invention world more laid back than now definitely
0: sure okay so you you get this thing assembled you're looking at it you like what you see i'm assuming you shortly thereafter took it for a spin yes
1: that's correct and you not I remember exactly what what month it was, but it must have been challenging in Seattle with the rain. I believe it was uh, rainy out there, and I sure. go out and try it, and guess what? It performs a lot better than already a lot better than uh, the other electric bike kits that I had purchased. Really,
0: wow, and that's awesome!
1: The simplicity. Yeah, and I was very happy, and that's when I thought the simplicity and minimalism is just a great philosophy to have to help you in all kinds of areas in product design—not just aesthetics, but reliability, engineering. Sure. And having a few parts, but good quality parts, is really my philosophy. And I was happy that I had an electric bike that worked, and I had so few components that even if one of them failed, I could easily troubleshoot. Right. The motor was small. And it was the right motor, it was compact, it had these gears inside them that make it even lighter and more efficient. And I knew I had a lot of work to do, but it was it was a great feeling. It was a successful first prototype that performed well and looked great.
0: Okay, so you have this first prototype. What made, or like, how did you go about, did you build a second prototype or walk me through kind of the next steps of this?
1: I did. Um, okay. I. So the first prototype was, um, I believe, uh, during the same time when I started a Facebook page for the company and okay. try to get it out there.
0: Do you still have the first prototype? Just out of curiosity. I do actually. Okay, awesome. That's great.
1: It should be in the museum hopefully one that's day. That's right. That's
0: right. That's okay. So and
1: first prototype was very clean and good looking, but. Um, so that's when there's a lot of work. Yeah, I started showing this to a few people, a few friends, and a few bike experts. Obviously, you get mixed interests and feelings sure. and opinions. But um, that's when I sort of uh, – I even showed it to a few bike shops. Okay. And they really like the design. But that's when I was entering the business world more, the customer and what the customer wants. And that's when I realized that this, no matter how – Strict you are with your own opinions. You still have to you know pay attention to the market
0: very uh, much. That's really good advice
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know what percentage, you know, it depends on how much ego you have with your brand and sure it really depends on a lot of things but At, at some point you need to pay attention to that and that's when I understood that there's a lot of practicality into electric bikes too. You know it has obviously it has to be very safe um, it has to be reliable so and, and on the bike parts, not just electric parts, but the bike parts, they have to perform sure. well. So that's when uh, I started to build a second one that was more practical. Okay. Lighter tires, disc brakes, and, and it was hard. You know, then then I was getting away from minimalism. So then I was adding these things that customers wanted. You know, and it's being in Seattle with the rain. Um, you know, a lot of customers request fenders, you know, or mud guards. Sure. So. Adding all these would add weight and things like that. So it was always this challenge to create a product that you like and also the customer likes. Um, yeah, uh, and then that's when I entered, that's when I focus on social media as well. We started an Instagram page and um, was shifting more towards marketing and obviously continue my conversation and with the suppliers and people on the technical side. And, um, that's when things, um, started to click, started to and also with a motivation from my friends and to really get it out there. And that's when we thought about the idea of crowdfunding.
0: Okay. So you you went crowdfunding and that was to build, um, like version 1.0. Yes.
1: Okay. Um, at the time it was just, you know, propeller electric bike, um, um, not a 1.0, 2.0, but um, um, really it was, I should mention, when I was contacted by a very uh, large scale supplier, uh, uh, overseas supplier, who approached us on Twitter, I believe, okay. and we started having conversations and they told me that re- they really like my design and they can, they're can they confident that they can build it for us. Oh, interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I should mention, yeah, my whole uh, business plan was to really um, assemble these electric part kits on a bike that was already out there and then distribute it and sell it. Right. And, but things changed when the supplier stepped in.
0: Oh, and interesting. Yeah, that makes have,
1: sense. He could build the whole thing for me. And I had these strict requirements and I was suspicious because it's so hard to communicate. You know, I have these, it's all about the little details. And the only way I could quality control all, all of that was to purchase a bike, and then um, install these electric components and distribute them. Sure. I was even thinking about not even rebranding them and saying, you know, a Propella electric components assembled by Propella on this brand, on this XYZ brand. But then when the supplier came in and they, so fast forwarding and they just, after months of talk on Skype and discussions and phone calls uh, requirements, um, then they built me a full sample that they shipped to seattle and i saw the i got it out of the box okay and and again another aha moment that's when i had confidence on selling this that's when i had confidence on a safe secure and a good looking good performing bike that i can distribute that's when i had the idea of Crowdfunding and I, I gained the confidence really. Before that, it was just a garage made prototype that had a lot of work to do. But when you're back with a very successful uh, supplier, you gain a lot of confidence.
0: Sure. That's great. So, walk me through the crowdfunding. So, you, you have this supplier, you know you can get them these bikes done. You decide to go crowdfunding. Um, walk me through kind of that campaign. Sure
1: uh i obviously knew about crowdfunding platforms before sure and uh, i thought it was a great fit i thought this is the way to go and in fact when i was learning about crowdfunding i always wished that i had this project that i could throw in crowdfunding i never did but i finally there it is so i had the product and the crowdfunding campaign is there so i contacted indiegogo and tried to learn more about their service and i thought it was a great fit and they've had experience with other similar products before and the challenge was um, not having a whole lot of marketing behind it sure and that was really the challenging part but um i decided to learn more about crowdfunding and uh really emphasize more on our social media try to gain more followers and um, engagements, and um, I also decided to bring in another one of my strengths, and you know, just in art and design, and, and which was photography. Okay. So being, um, was pretty good at photography and had this good knowledge of photography. I had a pretty decent camera and uh, ended up taking pretty decent photos that people really liked on social media and ended up helping us a lot on. Uh, the campaign and that also blended in well with the brand you know having these high standards on aesthetics and design sure it just helped to have these great photos and I work also we had a very cool video for a crowdfunding campaign um, which also helped you know I had this idea of having a almost like a music video for our crowdfunding campaign, and when I showed the video to a few people, they, they were pretty confident that the campaign was gonna do well. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and sort of things you know started to click um, more, things started to get in shape with the whole brand, and that's when I was gaining confidence. It wasn't so much about the success of crowdfunding, I was happy that I was able to create this style with the brand. Sure. For, for example, the website, the fonts, and even when it was, when I was working on the video, when, when you work on early projects with your brand, it helps you learn more self about, help more with a brand identity. Totally. So I had these requirements for the video, and it just made sense. And, and when the media, video was made, a lot of people thought it was really in line with the brand, in line with the style. It was very musical, and a lot of people loved it.
0: That's it awesome.
1: Of a unique video, not just a person standing behind a video, behind a camera, and explaining what the product is. It's very engaging, colorful, musical, and
0: yeah, matches uh, the brand, right? Like we talked about kind of earlier. I love that.
1: Yeah, so we that's, that's great gained more confidence and decided to go full time with crowdfunding. Okay, once we throw it out, it was around February 20, 2016,
0: last year. Yeah,
1: that uh, we decided to launch, and. We also had a pool of uh, people signing up for the brand, for the product. Sure. So we sent out this email blast and uh, we got orders the first day. That's awesome. And and the second or third day we got featured on GeekWire article and, you know, fifth or sixth day on Treehugger. And it was great to see a boost in our traffic, um, to see comments, to see sales. It was you know again gaining confidence and gaining uh, feedback uh, is is great and one of the beauties of crowdfunding is it's sort of a market research phase it just answers a lot of questions for you
0: totally uh, That's I, great. I
1: have experience with crowdfunding i just think it's awesome it's it's a lot more than just raising capital
0: totally it's
1: a lot more than that and it did all of that for us and i'm I'm glad to use a crowdfunding campaign to get the word out there and collect sales obviously
0: sure and and so you're kind of ramping up to do it to do it again and and you're right. making a new new version uh, like a, a 1.5 do you maybe want to kind of cover um you know what's different between the first version compared to this new version that you're coming out with?
1: Absolutely. We are definitely working on a new bike. Sure. And we uh, are, you know, have a product stage. We have this timeline at this point. So that we actually put a limit on the first one. Okay. We sort of treated it as a version 1.0. Got you. And wanted to uh, deliver the bikes. And we were very proud to deliver them on time. We promised That's awesome. early July. And we literally shipped them out at the same time, and customers received them. We've received great feedback on our bike, which also motivates us a lot to continue. But another great thing about crowdfunding is is sort of this segmental phase. You know, it's not – I guess you could continue selling on crowdfunding, but it's sort of a deadline. You know, it's a segmental. So it's kind of a round one, round two, which worked out perfect for for Propella. And we delivered the bikes. We've collected some feedback. And – Now decide to come back with a product that's a lot better. Sure, a lot of improvements. Uh, We we use the analogy of you know iPhone 6s versus six a lot. Sure, that's great. Collecting (laughs) bags helped us a lot to focus on parts. Uh, The major point is a lot of updates in the battery.
0: Okay, Uh,
1: a lot of updates in the bike components, and like I mentioned, it's more of a customer feedback blend it in with our opinions to make it a very practical and beautiful and affordable
0: bike Sure. that we're really proud to announce. Sure. So what's going to be the cost?
1: The cost will actually be very close to the first one. Okay. Keeping the cost um, um, very low, we are one of the most affordable electric bikes. And again, due to the simplicity and minimalist side of it, it's... We focus on a few good components as opposed to a ton of, you know, components on the bike. So that helps us bring the price down. Also, uh, being consumer direct helps us lower the price. Sure. Uh, we are still working on the final MSRP okay. of the bike, but a crowdfunding phase. There is definitely a. This should be a reward uh, to early backers, and uh, it's very likely that we start around the same price, around seven
0: ninety nine. Okay
1: for early backers
0: great well ben we're kind of coming to the end of the show so maybe let's close the show again with mentioning where people can get more information and sign up for um you know the newsletter so they can you know uh sign up so when the crowdfunding thing does go live that they can uh you know get notified
1: absolutely our website is propellabikes.com. okay um, on the website, we have an email list that is purely used for announcing the launch date of Propella 1.5. Okay. Um, either on the launch date or a before, we will send that e- email to all the signups and uh, to notify them about the early uh, and limited quantity discount, the seven ninety nine dollars It's sort of a first come, first serve. Sure. And then it will jump into regular price. Uh, so that's where you find the email, propellabikes.com and you'll also, we you can also learn about the first round, Propella 1.0, on Indiegogo, or uh, simply through Google, or any of our social media sites. You can also reach our social media sites from the website. Sure. There's a link, that you can see our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, propellabikes.com.
0: Yeah, and I, I do recommend going to the gallery section and checking out the photos, because the bike looks incredible, and I, I love the design of it, so... You know, Ben, I I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. And, you know, hopefully we can do another one again around the time that uh, the crowdfunding campaign goes live.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on your show and appreciate the opportunity.
0: All right. Thanks, man. Well, you have a good rest of your day and we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep going for the future.